Hi everyone, Carlo Chandok back from the Mexican Grand Prix and an exciting end to what was ultimately the World Drivers' Championship battle. Obviously we've got two more races to go but it was all settled in Lewis Hamilton's favour as you would all know by now I imagine. Um, but I, the whole weekend I thought in Mexico was, uh, was really exciting. You know, I think we came off Austin, plenty of drama, we arrived there on Thursday where you know, track limits and Verstappen's penalty from Austin was a big talking point. Up and down the paddock, wherever you went, all of the drivers, all of the teams, um, you know, there was lots of discussion about about whether he deserved the penalty. Most seemed to suggest yes, and I agreed with that. Um, I think, as I said, after Austin. But I think, like myself, a lot of people questioned really how the consistency is applied across the track. You know, you, I find it very hard to say that we should turn a blind eye for some corners and not for others. Um, we should turn a blind eye when um, someone like Vettel goes off at turn 19 and gains a lot of lap time. You know, they chose to turn a blind eye, yet they penalized Max, who of course took a shortcut and deserved to be penalized. So, I think the way these penalties are applied and, and the thought process behind it has raised a lot of question marks um, and certainly was a big talking point after Austin as I mentioned but even on the Thursday in Mexico. As the, the weekend started to unfold on Friday it was quite clear that we're going to have three cars in the fight. Red Bull looked on great form, Daniel was quickest. In FP2, Max didn't hook his lap together and you got the feeling that when he hooked it up, he'd be fine. Um, Ferrari were in the hunt and as were Mercedes. So it, it really was interesting to see that despite that long stray, we did have three teams uh, in the hunt. Um, it was nice to talk to drivers and, and uh, hear for a change, how they were all having to manage the cars. And I know, you know, we all want to see cars finish and things like that, but in some way, I think if you look back to the to the 80s, for example, or the, the 70s, even before, obviously, that, you know, the, the question of managing your car and looking after the gearbox and looking after the brakes and the tires, all of that was a big part of being successful in F1. And nowadays, the cars are so bulletproof, the reliability is just absolutely bulletproof they're all able to push 100% all the time. And in a way, I think it's taken away an element of, uh, of the driving that the, the guys are, you know, don't have to do so much anymore. But in Mexico, with the high altitude, um, the effect that has for the braking is that normally when you've got the dense air, when you hit the brakes, you've got a lot of downforce being generated just because the air is dense. And that you know, means that a lot of the deceleration happens with the downforce and obviously uh, the chunk with the, with the brakes. When you've got 20 or 25%, I think it's about 22% less density with the altitude in the air, the drivers are having to rely more on the brakes and that puts a lot of heat and a lot of extra load into the, the four, four brakes basically in the four corners. Um, you know, discs, pads, the, the entire corner. But that means that the drivers were having to really manage that. Um, downforce level obviously being less means that through the corners, the cars were sliding around more. They weren't able to generate enough heat because there weren't enough, wasn't enough load being generated. 
Um, and therefore, in the slow corners, particularly turns uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and then the ones in the stadium as well, the cars were just sliding on the top of the tyre. Uh, I went trackside to watch FP1 in different different parts of the track, and it was nice to go right up close. Uh, the circuit in Mexico um, really allows you to come right up close to the track and watch, uh, and you could see people like Alonso, Max, Ricardo, Vettel, you know, there's no hanging out. From the first lap of the session, they just bang on it. Uh, but they also understand that there's a lack of grip inherently with the lack of downforce and, and the... Uh, the asphalt not being as abrasive as well. They recognize there's less grip and therefore they just slightly underdrive and they still carry so much speed. It, it was really impressive to watch. Um, come qualifying and Saturday, Sunday, I thought Verstappen was just stellar this weekend. Um, you know, that the, the talent that boy's got it is just amazing. And also, you know, when he won the Grand Prix, and you speak to him afterwards, it was none of this big whoop whooping and, you know, over the moon. He was just sort of, yeah, I won the race, but that's what I'm hired to do. He was very, um, uh, very sort of nonplussed about it, as if it was his, you know, he's on this planet and on that grid to win races. So it wasn't a big deal to him that he's winning. It's like, well, of course I'm winning. That's what I'm here for. And it was... Um, I thought that was, uh, um, a, you know, a really telling sign for where he is mentally, that, you know, he, he believes if I have a car that is capable of winning the race, I will win. And, and the same thing at turn one, he was like, I knew to win the race, I have to pass Seb into turn one. So I did. And it was just like, a, it wasn't an arrogance about it at all. There's no, it's not a question of arrogance at all, I don't think, because he's actually a very down to earth guy. But I think it's just that inner belief and that inner self-confidence, which is just staggering to see for somebody that young and so early in his F1 career. Um, I'm so, so looking forward to seeing if Red Bull, Renault could give him a package to fight for race victories on a regular basis in 2018, because he will be an absolute force. I mean, the, the race on Sunday, he was just so dominant. And there were times where, you know, he was droning around I think he did a, a low 1 minute 20 and the team told him to slow down because people like Bottas and Kimi were in the high 120s, low 121s. And the next time he did a 120.0 again and they said, Max, come on, that was the same lap time. And he's like, oh, sorry, I thought I was going slow. He's just, uh, and just to prove the point, he did an 18.9 quite late in the race, which I don't think the team were happy about. And he was like, oh, is that fastest lap? And it just, I think to him, it was just a psychological thing to show to the other people that, hey, if I want to, I could win this race by 40 seconds. Uh, and in the end, he won it by something like 19 or something anyway. So it, w it was probably the most dominant victory I think we've seen this season, uh, or certainly for a long time. It was pretty, pretty stellar. Um, Lewis, obviously the big story of the weekend, winning the Drivers' Championship. And after the first lap, wow, I mean, it was all pretty dramatic. I think... There were a few people on Twitter I saw and um, online, and in fact, Lewis questioned it as well, um, asking whether Seb did it on purpose. And even after the race, he seemed a little bit unsure. My personal view is that I think when Max passed Sebastian, uh, and then obviously Seb tapped the back of, of Max coming out of turn two and damaged his wing, 
I think then he was just a little bit put off by that um, and maybe a little bit distracted and just misjudged how close he was to Lewis. And actually, when you watch the on-board frame-by-frame in a slow-mo, Lewis is on the outside, Seb's on the inside, and Seb stabs the throttle. So he's got a flick of oversteer, and it looks like he steered into Lewis, which is why I think some people have questioned it. But when you play it with the audio, you can, you can listen in that he's had... Um, a bit of wheel spin and that's caused him to, to counter steer effectively uh, and at that point he's he's touched Lewis's tyre so I don't think he did it on purpose I think he did misjudge it you know I think he obviously is more to blame than Lewis because Lewis did everything right he gave him plenty of space he was all the way to the outside um, and he made a very opportunistic move I thought to go around the outside of turn three so it's just one of those things but it was it made a an interesting race because otherwise Mexico um, although the event itself is amazing, the grandstands are amazing, the crowd, the, the parade they do for the race, all that is amazing. The racing itself can be quite dull just because the slipstream effect is is so poor because of the high altitude of the thinner air. The drivers don't get such a great slipstream down the long straight and it's difficult to follow in the middle sector of the lap through the S's. So the racing can be a bit dull, but I think this year because we had... Seb and Lewis coming through the pack, the World Championship was at stake, great bit of battling with Alonso and Hamilton, I thought he gave, uh, both of them actually gave each other a lot of racing room, a lot of racing respect, um, hard but fair, and I thought that was all uh, really nice to watch. And in the end, um, the best man won the World Championship. You know, the title wasn't won in Mexico, the title was won with those super qualifying laps in you know, places like Suzuka um, the, and Monza, the title was won with those um, errors from Ferrari and Sebastian in Baku and uh, Singapore, the non, you know, the reliability issues in Suzuka and Malaysia, Seb's had to start from the back there. You know, that, that the championship, although, yes, of course, it was sealed in Mexico, it was won across the season. And uh, ultimately... To me, Hamilton showed great maturity this season, um, no mistakes, you know, the, the maturity he showed after Baku, where he could have, you know, been, it could have been pretty nasty between them. He dealt with it, I thought, really well. He took disappointments on the chin um, and he bounced back on a regular basis. And as I said, no errors that I can think of really this season. A couple of weekends, maybe Sochi and Monaco, you could argue he underperformed a little bit and qualifying in Budapest as well, but nothing significant uh, and just brilliant, brilliant consistency, uh, especially when it came to those Q3 laps. So ultimately, the best driver became world champion. So final couple of races um, and now, now with both championships settled, it's all about can Red Bull and Max win any more races or Daniel for that matter. I think he was a super unlucky in Mexico. Um, I mean, Renault... Uh, I've admitted they got the, uh, you know, the the engine strategies and and things wrong uh, in Mexico. They did. We saw both Toro Rosso's have trouble on Saturday. Hartley again on Sunday. Daniel had to change power unit Saturday evening. Obviously, he retired for Grand Prix. Hulkenberg retired. You know, a lot of issues for them, which they won't be happy about. Um, but you know, if they can hold it together, Max has scored more points than anybody else in the last four races. So. Um, I'll be fascinated to see if Red Bull can win another one in Brazil. And I'll see you then in a couple of weeks.